You're listening to Wastoids. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you need it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work or not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. As a special offer to Wastoids listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash wastoids. That's betterhelp.com slash wastoids. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Tucson's Nate No Face is one of the most energetic forces to emerge from the Southwest experimental underground. Originally known as part of the chiptune duo Crime Kills, Nate has since hit a streak of releases that blend synth-pop, industrial, punk, and darkwave, equally indebted to groups like Screamers, Suicide, Ween, and Sleaford Mods. I'm Jason Woodbury, and for this episode of Wastoids With, I linked up with Nate to learn about how he tells the stories of the outlaws he grew up with in the desert on his new album, Homicide. Plus, we get into him getting sober, talk about the influence of cyberpunk author William Gibson, and talk about the 20th anniversary of cult R&B artist Cody Chestnut's The Headphone Masterpiece, which is a big influence on Nate. We recorded this talk at the Secret Room at Valley Bar, and want to thank the crew there for accommodating us. All right, let's get into it. Nate, thanks so much for hanging out Thank with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much. Toids. Thank you. So sick, man. Thank we, you. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank it means you. a Thank lot you. to us. It means a lot just to be interviewed by you guys. Yeah. So, so I, I'm, I really dig the new, the new record. Homicide. Thank you so much. Thank you. There's a lot of, there's a lot of variety on it. You know, I mean, like, there's, you've got like your, your style, right? Like right. The kind of heavily distorted. Yeah. Yeah. But but there's 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 variety on it too, and I, and I wonder, did you grow up listening to all kinds of music? Yeah, everything. I mean, I think the first, I mean, my first introduction, I guess, music would really just be as a small kid because I had no family members who played music or nothing. Would be uh, uh, through movies and stuff. So yeah. I think I yeah I saw uh, like at ten maybe I saw the Gary Busey movie on Billy Buddy Holly. Okay, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. As a kid, I just freaked out. So I had my mom run out and go buy me that tape. And and then later in the years, my uncles would just be drinking beers, playing acoustic guitar. Or my mom, yeah, one of my uncles and my one of my mom's boyfriends. And so they would play like country or just anything you play around a fire on acoustic guitar. You know what right. I mean? And I love that. I love everything. You know, my saying is I can find 10% of every genre that exists and find something I dig. You know what I mean? Sure. More of other genres and less of others. But there's something I love in anything in music, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, growing up, did that kind of interest in music... Uh I mean, did that set you apart from peers? When did you start getting into, like, oh, weirder stuff? Oh, shoot. The weirder stuff probably 
maybe I went to uh, uh, the Conservatory of Recording Arts here in Phoenix. In Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. you grew up in Tucson, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, born and raised in Tucson. And like I said, none of my people, like my immediate group of friends, they, we were just knuckleheads or uh, all with the wrong dreams. No one did music. You know, right. none of my buddies did music. I was just a fan, so... About 18, I bought a SP-1200 from the back of a Source magazine because no music stores here would carry drum machines like that and right, stuff. Right. So I ordered a drum machine and uh, was trying to make rap. And then when I went to the conservatory... Immediately, I found out I wasn't going to be no engineer. I was like, oh, shit, this ain't for me, man. Uh, I just, but it, it, going there, I met a lot of kids who were into different music. So they introduced me to different stuff, like bands like Ween or, you know, just different like indie music. And sure. uh, again, I'm just being a fan of music. I loved it all, even though my heart at the time was really into rap or suicidal tendencies was where my heart was all through the teens, you know? Yeah, yeah. So as you started to get into that stuff, something that I think is really interesting is like, Nowadays, people can find music. Just it's really exactly. easy, right? You're just able. You're able to just exactly. type in any kind of thing. The rarest record can yeah, be yeah, yours exactly. in seconds. But yep. but it used to require a lot more effort. Oh right? yeah, mine was all. I would go into uh, stores and just or go into like Walden Books and just the magazine section. Just read everything. Yeah. I mean, again, I will. I would go to the hip hop magazines first, but. I just loved everything and wanted to know as much as I could. So I'd pick up Rolling Stone or I'd pick up a Metal Mag and just, you know, skim through it and just, yeah. you know, yeah, that's how I would find stuff. Is it? And then sometimes at the back of the page, they would do reviews of lesser known bands, the bands they weren't covering that didn't have the cover and stuff. Sure. So that's how I found music. There was no YouTube or LimeWire came later, or MySpace, all that other shit. But for me, it was all through magazines in my early years as a kid with no internet. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, And awesome. living in Tucson, Arizona. Zona, where there's like you know I, I don't I think there was Chicago music and maybe that's it like we had no other music stores or right anything. right so originally it was beats and it was rap yeah, and stuff like yeah. that 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 that's definitely carried through there's still a heavy electronic yeah, and yeah. beat focused element right yeah right okay but something that I'm interested in is you've got a pretty minimal setup right like you don't have like an insane studio that you're oh no in. my studio is like probably the width of this table it's <laughs> I'm literally in a closet I've yet to ever record anything I've ever put out has always been made in my closet and sent to mastering and I got homies who are real good engineers work on big stuff and they hate it and I agree I'm not <laughs> knocking it like I wish I could get into a studio but I'm one of those people who's not gonna let not being able to do something stop me so it's just gonna come out shitty but I still gotta <laughs> do it you know what I mean so you but, know, yeah that's a, that's a weird thing right because I think people get so hung up on like well if I had this piece of gear I would be able to yeah, yeah. to do this or that but sometimes like limitations I mean I dig it one of a uh, genre of music I like is minimal wave and it's like right. it's just basic notes what, what emotion can you get out using you know not 48 tracks four tracks or something but yeah yeah, yeah my setup is a Korg I, I chop up drums that I sample and I just lay synth riffs over it and then I'll pick up a bass or an acoustic guitar sometimes I have no idea what I'm doing but uh, uh, you know I'll just try to string together something I always tell people I'm a songwriter vocalist first always have been yeah I only make beats and made music kind of for me in this time because no one would make the weird shit I wanted you know yeah. what I mean so yeah yeah that's rad you know so I, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Tucson because yeah, yeah, okay. so, so you had a you had a record store right like yes. a record store slash graffiti shop yeah yeah we if the yeah the first one was my brother's called Planet Z and then the second one we named Rosie's after my mom and then when he shut both those down about a couple years later, I opened up All City in the same space he had one of his. Yeah. 
That's rad. So what was the vibe like? And did you guys sell music of all genres? No, no, was it, it, was all, it was all mainly hip hop shit. And the, the real thing, I only did it, it was really like almost like a graffiti store first. Yeah. But, and we sold some records. And coming out of the conservatory, I was like, fuck it, let me set up my setup there. And then I would, rec- I would run the store all day and then shut it down and record kids for like 20 bucks an hour on my, you know, using Cubase, print them a CD and just, sure. you know what I mean? Kids who weren't ready to go to no big studio in Tucson yet because, again, we're st- the city's still developing in that area. So I would just record the hood kids just want to rap on someone else's instrumental or something. You know right. what I mean? Right, right, right. And was that around the time that you were starting to make stuff yourself or were you already well, I, I, well always, into that? Like since, like I said, I bought other beat machines, would make beats for rap. I really wanted a rap and, you know, I'd write rhymes but show nobody. I showed nobody for years. I think even when I went to the conservatory, when they introduced everybody in class, I, I told everyone I was a DJ because I was just always so shy. <laughs> I didn't want to, I don't know why I'm a nut. But uh, uh, so, yeah, that was a way I got introduced to a lot of other shit is because I'm, I'm running the store and a lot of graffiti kids who are coming in there to buy paint or streakers or whatever. Some of them guys, we it was funny. We used to have a guy run our store when we would go run around in the streets, and he was a graffiti kid. And we'd always get feedback that he would just shit on everybody who came in the <laughs> store because he hated rap. He liked yeah. punk music, and a lot of the graffiti kids liked punk. Sure. So they would come in, buy some streakers, complain about whatever I'm playing on the speakers, and then they would put me on to a bunch of other shit. Yeah. And that in uh, when I got really into indie music and some like really underground stuff was at the store through graffiti. Graffiti writers dig it stuff yeah. like i mean was that is that is that when like suicide came in the picture yeah, that suicide sort of thing? screamers i mean yeah, that's when i yeah. met my, i mean i knew him when he was a kid uh this kid tony nicoletta his mom was our high school teacher she like went was a character witness at my one of my brother's trials just loved us and uh, uh she was my high school teacher and her she would always bring her little 10 year old son into class well years later this kid pops up at my store and now he's grown and he's into music. He's making amazing beats. And so me and him just start talking and we're like, yo, let's start a band. And that's when we started Crime Kills. Right, right, which right. Which was right. A, a synth punk band where we modded Game Boys and I would just scream over Game Boy stuff. Yeah, what was the was the term Game Boy Core? Or? No, we call, I mean, <laughs> they're the music genre. It was called Chip Tune, which I hated because we weren't doing that shit. Right, but right. that's people who are getting Game Boys and making beats with them. Really how it came about is we heard Crystal Castles yeah. and we heard them and my boy was like, yo, they're sampling those sounds. I want to really make them. Right. So we got the Game Boys modding them out and we called it, uh, I heard the phrase anarcho-punk, like based on around anarchy and stuff. Sure. Growing up where I came up and the friends I had, I wanted to tell the stories you might find in a rap song or a corrido or something where right. I, I wanted to tell stories of you know being close to the border, Tucson shit. So I called it narco-punk. Right, and right. I would just be telling stories of like what my brother and family and friends went through. We'll be right back to Waste Till It's With after a brief message from our sponsor. From cult horror and sci-fi to B-movie splatterfests to underground music documentaries, concert films, public access shows, indie label showcases and original programs nightflight plus is the coolest place online for weird and riveting viewing right now wastoids listeners can get ten dollars off an annual membership that means access to nightflight's library for only 29.99 a year head to www.nightflightplus.com backslash promo code and enter wastoids in all caps that's w-a-s-t-o-i-d-s Enter promo code WASTOIDS at nightflightplus.com backslash promo code and get back in the days. And now back to the show. 
I think that something that's really interesting about your stuff is that, you know, uh, like people that that term narco punk, like people have really latched on to that. Yeah. I think especially on like this new record, like you're you're talking about like violent stuff. You're talking about these dark stories. But I get the sense that it's not always literal. Right. You're not always telling like autobiographical. No, stories, no. You know? I mean, I'm a sweetheart. You yeah. know, that's what I said. I'm I, getting right now. Yeah, yeah. I tell everybody that that's my story. I want to always tell the kids that. Listen, man, my friends, like my best friend did 10 years in the feds. They, they, my brother, four years in state here, got pinched for bringing drugs into the prison. I always say, listen, I was around that shit, but I never did. I never took part in it. You know, right, I, right. I was always the weirdo in the crew, and they accepted me for that. So that's what I always try to tell kids. You ain't got to go do that. When we were all at the club, I had a job, you know, and I still got right. fly with them. I still was able to buy my own drink. You don't got to go that route to have fun. You know right, what I mean? Because right, right, right. then in the end... They paid all that prison time. I didn't have to, you know, so they paid the price too. Right. And I got to skate alongside of them and didn't have to pay that price. Right. So my thing is always, uh, that's why I say my boys are all the real no faces because they're never going to tell their story. So right. I'm always telling somebody else's story. Yeah. Definitely. That's, that's interesting. Another another theme throughout the records, brevity. Like you're, you're quick with the songs. The songs, oh, don't, yeah. the songs don't always last very long. Sometimes... Yeah. <laughs> They're over before they get started. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I catch shit. I get a lot of shit for that. Uh, I think that's cool, though. I mean, I dig it. You know, I heard of that band, uh, 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 Locust, where they had like, I heard they had like 20 songs on their album and it was like 18 minutes or yeah. something. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, I do. I want to prove to people. I got another record that we have right now in the vault. And where I'm writing more verses. Because I sure. used to do that. When I was trying to rap, it was all about shoving as many bars and lines as you can in a song. And I think as I got older, and I never really thought this. I always thought I'd hold down a job. and just So I was just doing it for love. And then I was kind of just like, okay, this is all I need to say on this track. You know, I don't need three verses or uh, the typical song structure. Sometimes I take a, like a poetry you know, some poems are only three lines. I like to read poetry. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, yo, I'll just say these three lines that are powerful to me. I'll say them. I'll let the hook breathe. I'll say them again. It's just, I approach the song totally different where I'm like, I don't need 16 bars or I don't need, you know, yeah. I want to yeah. prove to people I can do it. But just when I was making a lot of these records, uh, uh, it was just that. Uh, just, yeah, short and yeah, yeah. Plus, I was fucked up a lot of the time. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is something that's changed a lot over over the over years. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, right like, now, I'm one year sober. Yeah, 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 congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's yeah. a pretty heavy thing. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I had a weekend of no cocaine or no fucking wild shit probably since I was 17, man. That's just like water in the 90s in Tucson. How, how does it feel now? Does it feel okay? I dig it. Yeah, yeah. At first, I was real scared. I won't lie because... Uh, uh, I was scared, oh, if I give this shit up, I won't be able to create or I won't have the, you know, be able to tap into some emotions or something. And it's totally opposite. I feel like I'm in my best creative space right now without drugs in my life. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do. I mean, I can always, now I'm realizing you, if you sensitive person or, you know, you can tap into those emotions, whether you're living them or not, man. Like, yeah. like I said, sometimes songs, I'll see someone else going through a breakup and I'll write my homie's story of his breakup or divorce. It ain't right, me. Right. I just try to tell their story and tap into what they're feeling like. So yeah. you can always get there, man. In terms of like the reading and stuff, something that I, I was really so I was really stoked to see that you cite William Gibson as oh an, yeah as he's an one of my favorite. yeah I love cyberpunk post apocalyptic shit well yeah. you're on that you're on that video game right yeah with yeah horror, with these guys with yeah, horror, yeah yeah and I checked that stuff out uh, William Gibson for me he's like one of those I had a teacher in high school who who 
he was my band teacher, and he hit me to uh, Neuromancer. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's the he hit, one. He, get, he let I me mean, borrow a copy of, of my... Neuromancer and a copy of Watchmen, the comic. Okay, dope. So my band teacher basically changed that's my so, life. See, I love teachers he, like he, that. Uh, so dope, man. People probably, if my parents knew, they'd be pissed at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, teacher biting you off. But William Gibson, especially, you know. Uh, that's an that's an interesting element. Like, when did when did you get into? It was crime kills. When we were doing yeah. the Game Boy stuff, we tried to envision a world where we are like, okay, it's, let's make some music of like a punk kid. Because in most futuristic movies, Matrix or something, all the future music is like heavy industry or goth or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, Big. right. And we're like, yo, what is the pickpocket street guy doing? Futuristic drugs going to be listening to? I think it's still going to be grungy and lo-fi and just yeah. so we're and then that's our Game Boy thing. We're like. Like, okay, if it, the world was all fucked up and post-apocalyptic, you can't travel bar to bar with the whole band because you're in survival mode. So your, your gear's probably going to be crazy minimal. That's we, right. we wanted to create – Crime Kills was us trying to create a, like a band of criminal – element but like this band existed in 2077 you know yeah. what i mean that was our idea and that's why so we would read those books and and i would pull phrases council cowboy is something from neuromancer like yeah, yeah, yeah. i would pull phrases from like that world and try to implement you know desert stories into them too you know, so another writer who is cited in your bio, I think they use the phrase the Chicano Flannery O'Connor. You know, yes. Did you come up with that one? No. And you know what's so crazy is I just did. Me, for me, it's a, a William Gibson or Cormac McCarthy. I love Westerns. Like, yeah. I'm growing up yeah. here, you know, I'm, I'm a big Western fan. Blood Meridian. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite books ever. So, but uh, uh, what's so crazy is I didn't even know who that was, the uh, sure, Flannery sure. O'Connor. And just recently, I just did an interview where that person told me he said the same thing and he was like no you got to check out the work and uh uh damn now i forget one of the short stories he told me that i had to read but that's someone i got to dig up because i don't know nothing about i will say uh i i'm a big fan of hers oh Uh, okay wise blood the record you know I mean, sorry, the record, Jesus. The book, you're this. The book. Okay, because is it short stories she writes? <laughs> she she writes, mostly she wrote short stories. Okay, So like yeah. a good man is hard to find. I think like that's an, the one that's, you told me about. All right, I got to peep that one. But Wise Blood is one of her two novels, I believe. Okay, and, all right. And uh, for an old Catholic lady, she's about as brutal as it gets. That's exactly what homie told <laughs> Cor- me, yeah. Cormac, Cormac McCarthy borrows more than no a little shit. from her. Yeah. Okay, dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have no, yeah, I mean, see, I should have looked up when the, it was, I don't know who wrote my bio. My manager probably got someone to do it, but yeah, yeah, I mean. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a cool description, though. Okay, grabs dope. the attention, grabs the attention. And it's not wrong, right? Because, like, her whole thing was, like, this this sort of, like, really dark world building where she tells these stories of just, like, grotesque human complication, you know? <laughs> well, and so I yeah. hear it. I, I, okay, I can pick yeah. up on it. That's, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, something I wanted to ask you also, though, was that I was read a, reading a really cool interview with you in Glide magazine where you cited that Cody Chestnut record, the headphone yeah. masterpiece. Yes, yeah. That's um, one of my favorite records That's ever. one of my favorites, yeah. too. And so I wondered, dope, like, man. Do, you, do you remember how you got into that one? I want to say he probably just pi- uh, popped up on my radar. Uh, uh, I look good in leather. I think it was. Yeah, it was look all good. over yeah. MTV. Exactly. Too. So I think I just heard that. And again, I was just always the guy who was into weird, different stuff. And I remember I went and picked it up at a um, store on Speedway. I forget what it was. Uh, uh, but I remember even buying it. And the girl was all, oh, this album's amazing. It's going to change your life. And I was <laughs> like, all right, cool. And uh, But yeah, I just love it, man. It's uh, one of my favorite albums. And and he's someone to me that like I always say that that album was 
amazing but when he started to get into the big studio i yeah. started to feel like it kind of lost something i agree you know what i mean like i feel like a, a, a beautiful melody dirty is amazing that same melody overproduced will now start to sound like a disney fucking theme song yeah, you know what absolutely. i mean because i love like catchy pretty melodies but i think they need to have an element of dirt to it yeah. either the sound or the lyrics you right. know just dark right. or something and so i think he but still he's always one of my favorites just that album's classic yeah i dig it that that's record, like a, it's, it's almost like a r&b guided by voices exactly record or something so yeah. dope <laughs> yes that's yeah, dope you really, said that that's that's rad you guided by voices was someone one of the bands that they turned me on to in the store and i love them man oh that's rad yeah yeah yeah. that's and i mean all that stuff it's like you said just in terms of like the sort of like looseness the sort of like off the cuffness i mean robert pollard in the time that we've been doing this interview has probably put out five albums (laughs) or whatever you know what i mean so it's like that's that's a big thing yeah yeah but i but i do think that that uh that uh, prolific creativity that you got going on is an interesting thing are you pretty much always recording do you record when you're on the road is that possible? Uh, you know what i just did a i I'm only because I'm real shy. So now this is the first time. Like now we're I'm on a bus with five other people. Sure. And I really need to get into a zone when I create. But yeah, I mean, when I had a job, I it was come home from work, go straight to my closet and record until I, you know, sometimes I would stop recording at a certain hour because if I get something going, I won't be able to go to sleep. I'll yeah. just keep doing it. So uh, uh, I would shut down because I got to go to work the next day. But uh, uh, yeah, I create probably every day man some there's times i'll find a song and be like oh this is kind of funky man when did i make this i forgot it and i'll look at the date and it'll say like five days ago <laughs> right but i've already made so much other and i'm not saying it's all good maybe some of it sounds the same some of it but i just it's like it's like i don't know when i like when i had a job and guys would go home and spend hours in their garage working on their car playing call of duty till 12 at night music's my call to do it like i just right. go home and i have to fuck around even if i'm when i'm making it's not good so yeah i'm just constant creating but uh, on the bus i did a little remix for a band right now oh that's yeah, cool yeah that's yeah cool. one of the girls from the uh, coat hangers gave me one of her songs and so i mess with that so that way because that was my first time doing something like that but that's what i did recently because oh, i gotta awesome. man yeah, yeah i get I depressed if i don't create yeah yeah big time yeah that's awesome so yeah, for yeah. you it's it's like it's partially cathartic it's yeah, partially yeah, like a mental yeah, health thing exactly almost, i don't right? ever like to, i know people say that i don't want to be cliche but it's like it really is for me if i don't then i start feeling i don't know and like i said it's not for for anybody else because half the world i mean i got so much shit they don't hear right i don't put out it just really is for me man yeah, yeah, yeah. i just have to fucking mess around well, congrats on all the killer stuff Thank lately. Thank you so I, much. I'm so excited that more and more people seem to be getting turned on to what you're yeah, up to. Yeah, it's blowing me away. I'm, I'm like, I never expected that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. Well, Thank we'll, you, man. We'll, we'll wrap things up so you can get ready for your show. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us Thank on Waste Toys, so man. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, G. Cool. Thank you. Thanks to Nate No-Face for joining us. If you like this chat, please subscribe to the Wastoids audio feed wherever you get podcasts. You can leave a rating and a review while you are at it. The feed is how you hear all of Wastoids shows, which include Click Vortex, the show I do with Sam Means, and The Spindle with Mark Masters and John Howard. That's our program devoted exclusively to 7-inch records. All the episodes are also available for you on Wastoids' YouTube channel. Check out Wastoids.com, that's Wastoids, D-O-T-C-O-M, over on YouTube. Or you can also check out our weekly live performance video series, Out of Sight. Want to share your thoughts on chiptune, cyberpunk, or anything else? All you have to do is give us a call to get in touch. 1-877-WASTOIDS. 
Give us a call and we will play your calls on the show. Waste Always With features original music by Sam Means and is produced by me, Jason P. Woodbury. Recording and editing by George Santa Cruz and Gems. We'll be back with more Waste Stoids, so stay tuned. <laughs>